0: Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Morning Fog with Dr. Mark and Liz. Good morning, Liz.
1: Good morning, Mark. How are you today? Oh,
0: I am absolutely extraordinary. Sometimes a little self-doubting, but extraordinary nonetheless.
1: Hmm. You're lending you're leading into our our topic today. I love it. Yes, today is a wonderful, beautiful day. The sun is out. Uh, and how are you? Feel good. I'm. I'm fantastic. And I'm excited to talk about this topic today. Very good. Let's get to it.
0: Let's get to it. So, you know, why don't you give a little story of your, of yourself Mm. and uh, I should let everyone know before you vulnerably share one of your stories that I also, along with many, many others have shared the exact same feelings. And that's what we're going to talk about.
1: So when Mark and I were trying to, when we were trying to think about what we wanted to talk about today, it, it sort of just popped in that one of the things that we see a lot with our clients is something that I experienced my own self. So many years ago, wow, I'm trying to think how many at this point in time. Almost, well, 18 years ago, let's say, a friend of mine decided to do a triathlon sprint. In order to honor one of our friends, it was, it was for breast cancer in order to honor one of our friends who was going through breast cancer. And she wanted me to do it with her. And I said, Oh no, 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 no. I'm not a triathlon girl. Yeah. I'm okay with swimming in brown water. I live near a place where there's a bay. So bays have brown water. Fine with that. Grew up with that. I can get on a bike, never raced on a bike, but running. Oh no, no. And then smashing those three together. No. On top of the fact, how would I train for it? I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old and two-year-old. I'm going to go into it. I have to do something you know, I don't do anything just, just to do it. I have to do it competitively and I have to be really good at it. And so anyway, I didn't do it. So I went to support her. And as I watched her do it and she didn't do it to be competitive. She did it to support the cause. And she looked like she was having all this fun. And I thought, what did I do? I could do this. I should do this. So I decided that the next year I was going to do it. And But for me to do it, I had to train because I had to be good at it. That's just who I am. And something that I never thought that I could do, not only did I do it, I came in top 15% for my age group and then went back the next year to do it and came in top 7%. So what did I learn?
0: Well, the fact is, is that you had a form of the imposter syndrome. You weren't sure that you were going to be good enough to do it. You said all the reasons that really weren't reasons because you were able to accomplish getting the job done. The biggest hurdle was getting you to believe that you could in fact do it and that you were good enough to do it and that you could succeed.
1: And the best lesson that I learned is not only to overcome that imposter syndrome, but when we realize that we're we're only limiting ourselves, we're capable of doing basically anything we wanna do. And I grew so much from that experience because I realized, oh my God, you know, yeah, I'm not a runner, but it doesn't matter. I got out there and I ran. And I ran under an eight minute mile, um, which was a little bit mind blowing for me considering I don't like to run. The point is, is that when we let go of those limiting beliefs, when we let go of that imposter syndrome, when we start to release that self-doubt and start to have the confidence that we're capable of it, we can really do anything. And we see this all the time with our clients. We were going to start today by talking about a client story. But then when I started talking about the triathlon story, Mark said, tell your story because it's so relatable. But really pretty much every single person who comes to work with us, every person that we've worked with, whether it's an individual, a couple or a team, every single person has their own imposter syndrome, has their own self-doubts, has their own limiting beliefs of what they can do.
0: And, you know, you pointed out that almost every single person who comes to us and that's a group of people who are looking for coaching. They're people who want to get better, but maybe the question in our listeners mind is, well, OK, but these are probably not the highest performing people. They're not the most successful people. They're not the people who have got two or three degrees under them and, you know, are, are at the top of corporations or whatever, and that's absolutely not true. Uh-huh. Just about six months ago in September of last year of 2022, Stanford University Medical Researchers published what is the largest study of its kind. And they found that physicians experienced the imposter syndrome more than other US workers. So very few people would doubt that physicians are highly trained, are very successful academically. They have to go through incredible rigors. I know the rigors. I went through them. It's a long, tough journey. The ability to get the grades you need to get in order to get into medical school, to get through medical school, to get a good residency, and then to learn what needs to be learned for your board certification is grueling. So how could those people doubt their ability to succeed, their ability to do things well, to be worthy of what they do? And it's not because they're not, it's because we all have these limiting beliefs. And the limiting beliefs, even when you look at someone who's profoundly successful, are limiting them from achieving even greater levels of success.
1: Which is really wild when you think about it. I'm now thinking about you. Do you, can you remember when you were going through that rigor? Because obviously I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, Any times where you just thought, I'm never, I'm, I'm just, I don't know if I'm gonna make it.
0: Well, let's see. There were five years of undergraduate two years of a second degree, four years of medical school, and six years of residency and fellowship. So if we add those up at least once a month, maybe even closer to two or three times in a month, wow. it's there all the time. And you learn to sort of charge through it. But the self-doubt at some point, the imposter syndrome, you know, is, is there. And a lot of times the people who have kind of the biggest ego in the room, it's to hide that I may not be good enough from everyone else. Many of us in both surgical fields as well as interventional medical fields, interventional radiology fields, have a lot of that. Because we need to. It all comes down to a single f- fulcrum and a patient's life, and that is the physician doing a good job. If a physician is truly dedicated, they feel a lot of that pressure. And there's some self doubt as to, huh, I know all this material, but do I know it well enough? Am I making the right decision at the right time for this person? And you have to. So, you sort of learn to charge on and you then learn that you did know it because you studied hard, you worked hard, but in retrospect, like you, you can say, wow, yeah, I I can do this. Of course I can. I'm going to go back next year. I'm going to do it better. But as you're walking into it, there's that little bit of self-doubt. Am I good enough? Am I strong Oh gosh!
1: I remember standing in the Bay because you start, you know, it's, it's swim, bike run. I remember standing, you know, I made sure I was in the front of the line because I didn't, I wanted to make sure to get out into the water before other people and there and (laughs) being so nervous about what was coming and thinking, what am I doing yet? I stood in the front of the group. I just, and then the, they, they blow the whistle and off you go. And boy, you get your head kicked, your back kicked, your, you know, I swam over people. It, It was a very, fascinating experience, you know, thinking for people who are listening and wondering, okay, so, okay. So she did the the triathlon. She did it two years in a row. So, okay. He did a bazillion years of medical school and he got through, well, what if I don't feel like I can do it? What if I, what's, so, you know what I'm I'm just thinking, what really gets you through something is passion and commitment. If you're not committed, then your imposter syndrome is going to win. So if there's something that you really want to succeed in you need to be committed. You have to commit to yourself. The first step is that commitment because then you can work through any type of self-doubt, any type of of fear or lack of confidence or I'm not good enough. You must have that commitment first. And you know, there, there's the whole fake it till you make it. You know, I mean, you don't want to say that as a as a doctor for sure, but I mean, when the first time you got out there and you had to do something, I'm sure you were doubting. Do I know enough? It, am I going to be able to do this procedure? Is, you know, and you just had to make decisions right then and there that was patient was your patient. You had to make those decisions.
0: Every physician hits their first night on call as an attending. They're done with all their training. They're out on their own. There's no one above them to turn around and say, Hey, by the way, I'm doing this. And that other doctor is going to say yes or no. Good job. Give other suggestions. And, uh, There's an old adage about leadership, which is that it's lonely at the top. Well, it is just as lonely at the foot of the patient's bed, particularly when they're very sick in the operating room or when they're in the uh, intensive care unit. So yes, we, we hit that. And, and the thing about the imposter syndrome is that it does a couple of things. Number one, it, it's that these are some of the most accomplished people. And in spite of that, they feel like they're inadequate. And they're not. Some of the highest achieving workers in the world feel unaccomplished and feel it the most, that they're the most unaccomplished, even though they are the most accomplished. And it also drives people like that Mm. to do more to work longer to work harder to to study more to read more and what they wind up doing is they wind up setting aflame the other end of the candle and then they wind up taking a blowtorch to the candle that's in the middle and very soon there's not much left because especially for physicians, but again, high performing individuals, attorneys, dentists, veterinarians, it it's, it's those who have achieved great things. Artists in a way, sculptors, maybe. I mean, they're, they're pushing themselves to to the limit composers. I, I am not musically inclined as anyone who knows me would, would tell you, but For physicians, it feels like they should be always doing more and putting work first because they doubt that they have actually achieved and know what they do know. And again, attorneys, veterinarians, dentists, we can go on and on. And that limits society in so many ways too because those people could achieve so much more. And how many people could they help What other new discoveries would be there?
1: What did you say to me earlier today before we got on was was that I'm a perfectionist. And I remember when we, day one of our coach training program, our, our trainer was talking about perfectionism and how perfectionism is a weakness, not a strength. And I remember sitting there in complete shock thinking, wait, what? I've lived my entire life saying I'm a perfectionist and it's a weakness, it's not a strength. And then I realized, yeah, because it's limiting. Because if you feel like everything you have to do, you have to do perfectly, which is not realistic, then you're never getting there. Yeah. It's probably the most limiting way to think of all. So that is something that I've had to navigate through my life. And while I'm not a doctor, lawyer, you know, vet, dentist, whatever, just for the regular lay person out there, it can be incredibly limiting and that imposter syndrome of saying, I shouldn't do something because it's so I'm not going to be perfect at it is, is probably the most limiting thing we could do to ourselves. I will tell you that that is why I did not do that triathlon the first year. And then when I did it the second year and the third year, it was the most rewarding experience of my life. And I did hang up my hat after I hit, you know, 7%. I said, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm going to get better than that. Now I probably could have challenged myself, but I was, I was done. But the point is, is that Think of all the things that just as a regular person that you're missing out on.
0: And, and again, it, it's, it is every single person. We all have a limiting belief about ourselves. We all do. Yeah. And it manifests both differently and precisely the same in a simultaneous moment. It's, it's maybe an inability to accept success. Maybe it's attributing their capabilities to pure chance or luck. Maybe it's the fear of being found out as being a fraud. Maybe it's disappointment in their own accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could have done better. If I was only smarter, if I would only worked harder, I could have done better. I could have come in in the top 2% instead of seven. If I had only worked harder, if I had only gone faster, if I had trained more. So the self-doubt hits us all.
1: Yes, but but it's so important to say though, it does hit us all. But if there's anything that we want our audience to understand and know is that when you can push through that self-doubt, the reward on the other side is so much greater. It's, so
0: it's, go ahead. how do we do that? How do we push through that self doubt? And Part of it's grit. And we spent a mm-hmm. podcast a little bit ago talking about grit. Part of it's just cultivating a growth mindset. Part of it is cultivating, and this is going to sound a little backwards, but part of it's cultivating a failure mindset Mm -hmm. because failure comes from the word fail and fail is a first attempt in learning. We've got to understand that we learn by failure. And therefore, we have to allow ourselves to fail and to grow under the right circumstances. Again, for doctors and dentists and, and lawyers, you want to be failing when you're supposed to be and, and not when a human life you know hangs in the balance. But you've got to understand that you can do that. And imposters typically look back and say, Oh, well, look at all my failures. How did I how did I get through this? How did I do this? That's how. The failure is part of the pathway. So then
1: failure is part of the pathway, but being committed to the pathway. If you're committed to the pathway, you'll accept the failures. You'll understand that they need to be there in order for you to learn and grow. And failure also is important because then when you do have a win, you know, you can look back and say, wow, I did fail at one point, but now I have a win. Yeah.
0: The, The other thing is, is finding community. Finding community of of like partners and finding community of mentors. If you you want to learn to play tennis, you don't go and play tennis with people like you who are just starting. You find someone who's better than you, who can teach you. And even when you are at your greatest, you need to find someone who is that level above you Mm -hmm. to help you, to, to mentor you. Finding community shared experience, as soon as you start to talk with vulnerability, which is an incredible strength, but as soon as you start to to talk and share with vulnerability with colleagues and find that they too have had the same experience, that it becomes clear that you are as successful as they are. And you can start to put that imposter syndrome away.
1: Love it. So we hope you got something out of this one. This is a big one. And it's, we're probably going to bring it back up again, because it is something that we see every day, not just within ourselves, but within the people we work with, within the teams we work with. It is, it's so important to have that awareness and to challenge yourself to say, what is getting in the way? And if what's getting in the way is that you're not committed to it, okay, then make a right hand turn and find where you are committed, no matter what. You can get over, you can get over any mountain. You just have to have the passion and the commitment and, and the, and the grace to accept the failures along the way.
0: I'd like to leave with one quick. I, I wanted to get into medical school and I had applied to a new England medical college uh, among others and I didn't get in so I, back in the day of course there's no internet and no cell phones I called up the admissions office and asked to talk to the admissions director and set up an appointment and simply asked the question of you know when could I speak to her and the question I wanted to address was was what can I do to improve my application Do I need to take other courses? Do I need to go back and get another degree? What do I need to do? And after speaking to her for quite a while, she told me that I had neither the intelligence nor the intellect to ever become a physician. Well, that hurt, but it also put a lot of rocket fuel in me. I was determined that that was not the case. And... uh, I attended a far more highly ranked, better medical school, graduated from there in the top end of the class, cum laude with praise, and went to an Ivy League university residency and fellowship training tracks. One that had not taken people from my medical school for close to a decade. I was told that I probably couldn't do that either. The fact is is that you have a choice when faced with an obstacle. You can believe the naysayer, or you can believe yourself. You can dig in and you can work. You can bring grit to it. You can put the imposter away, and you can succeed. Every one of you listening to this has not only the ability, but has the capability, has the capacity to do that. You just have to look within. All you need is within you now. And if that is what you want to do, then that is what you want to do. Whatever it happens to be, set your mind to it. Maybe it's your vocation. Maybe it's an avocation. Maybe you don't get there until you're 40 or 50 the fact is you can do it.
1: Yep. Don't let your imposter lead the way. Never. Well, until next week. Yes.
0: We'll talk to you in in a few days, Liz. Have a a good one, Mark. Bye-bye now.